Great job, team. Head back to base for debriefing and Welcome back to another episode of Debriefing Them Cocktails. I'm your host, Reed Walker. Joined with me is the one and only co-host master, Sergio Lugo. How are you, sir? I'm fantastic. Fan- fantastic. Oh, that it's in another language, so it must be true. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are back again to talk about another James Bond movie, Sergio, called Tomorrow Never Dies. And our schedule might start looking a little different. We're not sure yet. Don't don't hold us to it. Because we have had some interesting news come up that's kind of possibly altered our plans for the future, Sergio. What can you will you tell the nice folks at home what's so, going on? So so yeah yeah like originally our our plan was to cover the first 12 movies or f- cover 12 movies and then cover No Time to Die which is the new Bond movie uh mm-hmm. and 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 then coming back later sometime next year and doing like a season 2 where we cover the other 12 um No Time to Die has been pushed back to what is it April March I think Easter yeah so Easter, April e- yeah whatever. when is Easter March April, April somewhere around there pretty sure it's April so so w- w- that has the ability to um, alter our schedule significantly. Yep. Or, or, or we just take our time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think, me, like me and you, have landed on exactly what we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, but but it, but it's nice to know that we don't have to pump these out every two weeks on schedule to meet our uh, initial goal. So that's fantastic. Right, God forbid we have responsibilities and just meet I, those responsibilities at all. I know. In yeah. a timely fashion. Oh, no. I, I, I just like that this is a limited series. Like, there is an Yeah. End, you know, Reality Breached doesn't, like, that could go on till the end of time. Who knows? But right. debriefing in cocktails has, it has an end. Right. And, and that's true. So we'll, in the meantime, we'll be trying to figure out exactly what we're doing. So... For now, please bear with us, and we'll come up with something. We'll either either do – it either will be kind of spread out a little bit more, or we might do some in-between content in between the our quote-unquote seasons. Maybe we'll do all 24 up to no time to die because maybe we, have, we, sh- we might have time to do that now. Then we can just Who do knows? all the movies up to no time to die. Do them in order from uh, skipping the ones we've already done, of course, but, but we don't know. We're going to f- work on it and talk about it, and we'll see. Yeah. So in the meantime, thank you for your patience, and we'll get started <laughs> with this episode. So Tomorrow Never Dies. What did you think about it? This being um, the second outing for Pierce Brosnan. Yes. Uh, so I, I have some, some some strong opinions on this one. Mm-hmm. 
but if if we're going just overarching, you know, like this is how I feel about it, it, it lines up very closely to how what I feel about a Goldeneye. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's I'm actually a little surprised to hear that. Um. I, I like some. I, I really like the themes that they touch on. T- touch on this one. Uh, I, I really like how ridiculous the action scenes got, which is kind of why I thought you might like it. Actually. Yeah. Oh. 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 Yes. The, the action scenes were better this time. Mm-hmm. Uh. But and 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 it didn't quite feel as much of a parody of itself as as Goldeneye did. Mm-hmm. But I felt that it wasn't very Bondy. Okay. I, I like at no point okay. was I impressed with Pierce Pierce Brosnan in this one. See, and I actually was a little bit. I I thought he watching this one again kind of reinforces to me that he's definitely he, he's one of my favorite Bonds. He just looks the part. He sounds the part super well to me. He, he he's very Bond to me. See, it's, it's I, yes, he looks the part, he acts the part, but I, I feel like the script was so bad mm-hmm. that like eighty-five percent of his lines were one-line zingers that are supposed to either charm a woman or make him look cool, and he was physically incapable of having a regular conversation. Now, now that I can kind of go with you, I may I may disagree that the lines are necessarily bad some were some weren't but either way i can agree with that there are definitely a lot of zingers and it is about it's either wooing a woman or trying to look cool yeah 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 a a lot of it is that for sure he doesn't have very much uh conversational dialogue in this movie and and the thing is that's not really just him like i think every conversation he had with the asian uh girl was just them spitting one-liners at each other. Yeah, and it was that's, exhausting. I can see that. That's that's fair. Yeah, it, it do, a lot of it doesn't feel like natural dialogue between characters. It feels very, very movie or something. Yeah, I don't know the fancy like people terminology. People in it. real life don't talk like this. Yeah, they they might get a few of these in here and there, but they're not doing it back to back to back to back. Yeah. Well, what? What did you like about the movie? So I really liked the the, the, the concept of them uh, of him being <clears> at <throat> war with the media, mm-hmm. which I don't. I I liked that it was a movie. I hate that you know twenty years later or twenty what twenty four years later or something like that. Mm-hmm. People have kind of co opted that idea, and now it's real life. Dude, yeah, that that's the main thing I thought of as 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 it starts, right? When you have uh, when spoilers, of course, spoilers. When you have uh, Carver talking to like his media entourage, right on the screen, that's all I thought of. I immediately jumped to that. It's like, oh my gosh, this is so relevant to today, to but like the past five years. And and the thing is, is it's not like or, or the idea is the I idea feels it. relevant today. It like the 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 main bad guy, what's his name, Carver? Yeah, Elliot Carver. Yeah, I, I I feel like there are people today who their 
what they picture in their brain when someone says George Soros, that's who they're seeing. Who's George Soros? He's like the the he's like the 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 the, the guy who's at the the center of every like conspiracy theory that the the uh, liberals and the the media are trying to uh, manipulate you into believing certain things. Like George Soros is supposed to be the shadowy figure behind everything because he's a rich guy. Oh, like he, but he's doing the actions. He's not the one creating the conspiracy theories. Right. He's he's okay. he's the one. He, yeah, he's the the puppet master. And in in my gotcha. mind, the guy, the, the bad guy in this movie is who they picture when 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 they're creating this crazy narrative. Sure. And and I guess so. Where for me, I go is so maybe away from that, and I guess maybe more broadly, just kind of Twitter or news these days, or how it. Whether it is or isn't actually, it's more of a stereotype or a feeling that people can use this technology to create narratives of their own, Mm -hmm. right? Or that they can manipulate situations. They can make certain situations happen or stir up or take the, the starting of a situation and take off with it in a whole other direction that maybe wasn't the intention of the original situation. It's just a manipulation of the media and narratives that feels like something could be today, whether whether it actually would be, you know, it's different. It's a, a movie version of it, right? It's the diabolical plot of the movie. Could, yeah, yeah. Could take Twitter, social media, stuff like that today. We can uh, make our own YouTube videos and all these different kinds of things that you can be give misinformation or, or mis in well misinform people of what the truth actually is all kinds of stuff like that right yeah 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 like like to, to use a weird sports reference do you know what do you know what a uh, curling is i know what money ball is okay no, what that's not even close to what i'm talking about so is, so, it, is so, it the sport or is yeah it, like the, i know the yeah. lifting like that no, no 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 curling is a is like a winter olympic sport where it's okay. kind of like shuffleboard except you have two dudes with 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 uh brooms that are sweeping the ice to like manipulate the direction of the the, the rock that's sliding along the ice all right i'm gonna pretend like i know all this stuff that's yeah not, but it makes sense i get you yeah yeah like in today's world twitter is the broom mm-hmm. you know sweeping left and right trying to manipulate the rock which is the the the, the overall narrative the this movie there is no broom. He is the rock moving it to wherever he wants it to go, literally writing the news the day before it comes out. Right. And, and yeah, the, the movie narrative of, of what's going on today is like this version of it is definitely far more. Uh, I'm going to just reuse the word very diabolical. Yes. So it's yes. definitely ridiculous, of course. It's it, But it, it it is ridiculous. But I guarantee you idiots watch this movie and think, oh, that's totally possible. Right. That, that's the world. Yeah, that's that's what's yeah. happening. And <laughs> and and I, I don't want to give this movie that much credit mm-hmm. because it doesn't deserve it. But <laughs> someone someone was really influenced by this movie and 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 built a their their world mindset around it. I guarantee it. Yeah. This, this movie fits sort of into a, an interesting boat, and I, I think you could probably go through time, I, I say time, the past 20, 30-odd years, 
And some of this might actually there might be a whole pool of movies that fit in this category of like this one, like, you know, 20 odd years ago. Uh, this was the big grand scheme of a Bond villain, and that's kind of all it was. But you can bring it 24, 23 years up now, and maybe it's not really true, but you can kind of see some glimmers of like, yeah, I could see that that could happen today. That's that's a thing people could do, mm-hmm. like uh, the Die Hard movie, I think, uh, Live Free and Die Hard, where yeah. they and, and maybe that was more relevant to the time. To than I than I think it is, where they basically say, look at what the digital age can do. Nobody cares about banks or any of that kind of stuff. It's all ones and zeros, buddy. It's a fire <laughs> sale. Like the whole plot of that movie is basically from a keyboard, effectively. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. The, to me, this this movie had some interesting. Had some interesting ideas to to jump forward, something to see, you know, twenty three years later, and like, hey, okay, maybe. Yeah, and 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 like looking back again, it's been twenty something years, so we can look back on it and realize how ridiculous it was at the time, because the entire like the, like the first act of this movie was trying really really fucking hard to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Like, okay. to, like to be cool by '90s standards. Like mm-hmm. the entire opening sequence with the 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 Cheryl Crow song playing. Oh yeah. Like it was very. It, it had a boner for fucking technology and microchips and. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that oh. intro, yeah. It's like how do how do you do espionage espionage in the nineties? Oh well, you have to have computers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It 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 felt really try hard. I I took a little bit of that. Now I don't and I don't mean all of it would say the intro's imagery. I took some of that to be uh well yes computers. Some of it would be uh it's just broadcasting. It's like television sort of waves and certain things and again maybe all the imagery sorry to repeat so much maybe the imagery doesn't say all of that but that's kind of how i took it because it is this is actually something i do want to say before i forget it it is an actually interesting thing when you think about this movie when it came out and jumped to today where broadcasting companies back then only had they largely would just have their business just their broadcasting whereas now you jump forward to those same businesses put everything under one umbrella they don't yeah. have different branches being independent of each other they i think it's called siloing they silo the shit up now mm-hmm. and i'm going to stick with it that's right and if i'm wrong i apologize <laughs> But you can't just have a, a just a television division or a, or a reporting division. Think of iHeartRadio. Oh, fuck right? iHeartRadio. Well, right. Maybe you don't like them, but they <laughs> they just have everything under the iHeartRadio. And and I'm without knowing their exact things, but it's like they have magazine, they have TV, they have radio, they have podcasts, they have uh, movies, they have whatever. Right. Everything's under one umbrella, which is what the Carver Media Group was they they would do newspapers magazines tv broadcast just all of it right yeah. and that's and so back then that wasn't as much of a 
that was more of a forward thinking or I say forward thinking. That was more of a potential thing, whereas now it is actually a reality. His whole media group is a is a reality now for for businesses, for broad for actual broadcasting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of a neat thing to it's a little thing. It doesn't really mean a whole lot, but it's just a neat thing like that. It it did actually kind of happen. Look at that. Um. So, what did you think of the bad guy? What did I love think that of guy. Elliot Carver? I loved that guy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I know him from anything else, but I like that actor. Like he is. Um, I think he he played the priest on Game of Thrones. Yes, yes, he did. He was the High Sparrow. Yep. Yes, he was. Yes, he's a very good actor. He has a very good. What's a good way to put it? He has a very good he's a soft spoken person while he can just he just has that soft voice to say some mean shit <laughs> or 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 dirty underhanded kind of things like those sort of maybe waspy stereotypically waspy woman sort of things. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're not going to wear those shoes, are you? you oh, know, oh, OK. Uh, yeah. So so uh, oh, what he can passive aggressive is what is what is the word you're looking for. Kind of, yeah. He he can just be very insulting while sounding so innocent, mm-hmm. speaking very softly and nicely, but he's actually just evil as shit. Yeah, yeah. I I I love that actor. I I loved the character that he played in this in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I feel like they get they gave that character a lot of screen time. They they really do. Yeah, he he's got more than you might think, especially for the kind of character that he is cuz he's just a you know, he's a he's Boris somewhat from Goldeneye. He's just a he he isn't a hacker of course, but he's just the guy kind of a guy behind the keyboard, a guy behind the scenes. He's not he's not the get his hands dirty villain or or the muscle-bound villain. Right. He's he's just a brain guy, I guess is maybe a way to put it. Yeah. Um, what did you, so you've already kind of said what you thought of Bond. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on any of that stuff on, on Bond specifically, or just, just go free, free for all, I guess. Okay. Okay. Free for all. Um, I actively disliked this movie until, okay. Until the ridiculous scene where Bond was in the back seat of the car using his phone <laughs> to control the car. Okay, yeah. Like that 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 was the complete turning point for me. I I so before you get into that so this has one of my little I have a couple little nitpicks that I don't like how they did certain things. Mm-hmm. Where so before he gets in the car and he starts doing all the driving those guys are trying to get in the car, right? They take mm-hmm. sledgehammers to that car, to the windows. And I understand, look, I don't understand explosions canonically, but I understand that bullets are different than sledgehammer, than a guy swinging a sledgehammer. I get that. <laughs> but if, but if you can swing a sledgehammer at a window and it do nothing to the window, I question how much a bullet can do to it. At least I at least start thinking like maybe it's bulletproof. I don't know. 
so when he's but when he's driving the car, they don't put a scratch on it before they before any of those. Yeah. When he gets in the car and he's driving it around, they just start shooting at it and the stars the car starts getting damaged. Yes. And I'm just kind of like, that's not what you set this expectation for. I understand that this needs to happen, so things happen. But can why don't you just not do that before? I don't know. It's just one of those little things. Like you, you guys wrote that kind of funny. I feel like, like when when I was watching it, I would be lying if I didn't notice that as well. But I also thought, you know, I don't know enough about glass <laughs> and like the velocity of bullets and that kind of shit. That's fair. To, I don't to, either. To, to really be the asshole who's like. <laughs> I don't really think that this would happen. <laughs> like, well, well, even I, just to I, say, you just established to me that, air quotes, that the car's bulletproof. Or, right, it's extremely armored. And now yeah. it's not. So, but no, you know, maybe we're wrong. Yeah, nar- narratively, it doesn't make much sense. But, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, whatever. It's a small, it's a basically next to nothing nitpick. Yeah. For what it's worth. It doesn't hurt the movie in in the grand scheme of it. You trust me. The, the, the movie did a perfectly good job hurting itself. It didn't need <laughs> that. Uh, so why why did this scene turn you? Just a series of events that don't make any sense and were played for humor in a camp in like a genuinely campy way. Mm-hmm. But that's your B and B, isn't it? Yes, yes, absolutely. Like absurdity. Basically. Yeah, absurdity is 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 how you're gonna gonna capture my 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 imagination. That's why I said that. That's why the movie that was the turning point where I actually started to enjoy it mm. because everything before that was just garbage <laughs> on top of garbage. <clears throat> okay. Uh. And and then that happened. I was like, "All right, okay, you got me. You got me. You got me." Um, all right. Uh, let's see. We're still doing free for all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bond franchise has a really, and we've mentioned this before, a really bad habit of trying to copy popular media that is out. Oh uh, yeah, something of the time. Something of the time, like. Mid '90s, there was a big resurgence of like kung fu movies, Jackie Chan, Jet Li, all of the all of this shit was really big in the mid '90s. And of course, who do they have in this? Michelle Yeoh, who is from what movie? Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. So obviously, they have to have ninja scenes. They have to have karate scenes. Yeah, they they they've got the Asian popular. They they have an Asian character and that kind of thing. So yeah, 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 and. I, I really wish that these Bond movies didn't I, – I guess the phrase always comes to mind – didn't try so fucking hard to be something that they're not. Mm. Just be a Bond movie. It's okay to just be a Bond movie. Right. I I definitely really kind of appreciate it. I think Jonathan Price is, is Elliot Carver's name, mm-hmm. the bad guy. I thought – so in conjunction with what you're talking about, I kind of contrast it. It was hilarious and wonderful later in the movie, the last few scenes where uh, she starts trying to, she attacks him after he comments about Bond being dead and mm-hmm. she tries to kick at him and she's making the, yeah, ha, 
<laughs> noises. <laughs> and he just start. He's just a fucking fool. He's like, making fun of her. <laughs> oh man, it's so good. <laughs> he it's so it's very funny to me. Oh, that that is yeah, that is very funny. And, and just in context of you saying that this movie tries to lean in some to the uh, martial arts again. Yeah. And and again, it's it's all of these movies just lean into what's cool right now. Well, we're going to try to strike that iron while it's hot. Mm-hmm. And it and it leads to these movies not aging well. Yeah. And if they don't do something good enough with it, I think it's not as worth it. Or it doesn't seem as good. I mean, obviously, it's not good enough, so it's probably not good. But they just don't do as much with it. Where take the Casino Royale, the the whole parkour scene. Yeah. Now I'm I'm not the most. I I don't watch parkour. I don't know how what anything is about <laughs> any of that. I just understand it kind of conceptually what it looks like when I see it. Yeah. So I don't know what other movies are doing. I don't know anything. I think what that movie did with parkour was super cool in that movie. Yeah. I, I thought that's a really good chase scene from the, from start to finish. Yeah. But, 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 but again, that movie's not very old. It's like, not, it, it's ex, not ex, ex, like 30 years from now are people, people going to be looking back on that movie and they're like, Oh man, that's a cool scene. Or they're going to say, Oh, remember when parkour was a thing? I, you know, and, and maybe it's just because it's built in. It's a built-in thing to me, and I can't circumvent it too much. Maybe a whole other person twenty years later they can. I I feel like it could. I I feel like that parkour scene could stand up and be be all right and be a fine. You know, it's a well done scene in and of itself. Yeah, Whereas maybe. this one, maybe. this one has just Asian martial artist lady imitating Jackie Chan. Yeah. That's not good. No, no, it it wasn't that's, good. That's not good enough. That's not original enough. <coughs> so you got to do better. You you can't just say, hey, let's do what Jackie Chan did in Rush Hour or whatever was out at the time that <laughs> and, maybe inspired. And, and do it half as good. Yeah, don't don't even do it. Don't even do it then. Find something else. You you want to take a take advantage of the Asian martial arts craze? Then just use it but come up don't don't copy a jackie chan or a, or a somebody on, on the flip side i really really enjoyed the majority of the action sequ- sequences i i i felt like <clears throat> the structure of this movie was big budget action action scene gl- like 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 five big budget action scenes glued together with whatever they needed to glue together to make it work like the scene with the helicopter where the helicopter mm. was like trying to yeah, chop yeah. people up, that mm. shit was dope, dude. Yeah, that all. Now you talk about we just talked about the martial arts and jumped to this. I think that was really cool. The entire motorcycle chase scene, the way they in you know yes. uh, that they're having to work together and move around each other to drive it to see. That's really. I think that's really cool. That that's a unique that seems to be a unique thing. I'm, you know, if something else has done it during any of this, you know, my bad because I don't know. But that's a that was a unique idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and 
dare I say, this may sound weird, but that was a sexy ass scene. Okay. Like th- okay, like them I, I them being that, maybe. being handcuffed together and having to crawl all over each other to yeah. drive the like that shit worked. Yeah, it it is. It's good. I I definitely agree. Like I go go ahead. It, it there was so many good there there were so many good things in this movie that it's upsetting that the movie wasn't better. Hmm. What what do you think? All right, kind of sum up what you how you maybe feel. What dragged it down so badly for you? If these action scenes are are good to great for you, what what really dragged it down? Uh, is there Pierce one Bro- thing? Pierce Brosnan was not good. Terry Hatcher uh, was fucking useless. And that's the actress, right? That's the Paris. Yeah, yeah. Like that, Paris, character. without a doubt, the worst Bond girl ever. Oh or, yeah, that I've that I've seen yeah. so far, and and I actually heard somebody else say this when I was kind of looking around for information for the movie to talk about, and I thought this was a a wonderful idea, and I think this would have been good for it. <clears throat> so I agree with this person, obviously. If you take out Paris, now, and you might have to tweak certain things about the script or whatever or that or uh-huh. what's happening, but instead of so this whole plot or some of the plot goes around that bond and Paris have had a relationship and it was meaningful. It mm-hmm. was meaningful to bond. It mattered to him. They play that up, but it, we don't care. The audience does not care because we didn't see it and we don't know anything about it other and, than what the movie tells us. And it's very little. Mm-hmm. If that was Natalia from Goldeneye or somebody else, from some other movie. Yeah. Some other, you know, The Spy Who Loved Me is another movie where he teamed up with a foreign British or a foreign uh, Russian agent. It's been a while since I've seen it. But either way, he teams up with a, a female foreign agent. It could have been her. It could have been. It just could have been somebody that we have literally seen just plug character. Yeah, and use it. I, I think Natalia would have been the best if they could have worked the script out to make it make sense that she could be there. I think she'd have been the best because they have kind of a romance in Goldeneye, right? There's a clear relationship that they they like each other from the train sequence after Alec tries to kill him and all this kind of stuff and yeah, blah blah blah. And he picks her up and carries her off in the jungle at the end of the movie. So it just really sucks that we're supposed to care about that, and you shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're supposed to care about this character, and she's dead by the middle of the movie. Yeah. Like So ceremon- unceremoniously. But, who gives I mean, a but shit? I guess it is. Right, I guess it is ceremonious, because we don't fucking care about her. We don't she, care. She doesn't matter. Like, and... and Pierce Brosnan's fucking shit acting in that scene. It, it's clear he doesn't care either. Like I she's laying thought, dead on the bed and he's yeah. like, ah, ah, damn. Oh, well. Oh, you mean in that moment? Yeah. Yeah. I, right. Okay. I can give you that. Cause the, the scene where she comes into the room where he's sitting there waiting, mm-hmm. I thought, I thought his acting was fine there where he talks about, I can't remember the line that he said, but he, he just, he has to emote or have or say a line where he 
just it's really important. This was really important to him. Would you have left for me or, or something like that? And he's and he says, yes, I would have or whatever. Yeah. Again, it just sucks that they didn't make it be a character that mattered. Yeah. It sucks so bad because that is such a it, it's a road bump. It, uh, otherwise. Yeah, otherwise, I, and but ultimately, I think it's a cool story. It's a neat little thing. It could have been. Yeah, it was right. It could have been. Yeah. Um. So th- this this movie didn't do anything for me when it comes to to to, to Pierce Brosnan. I said that before. Mm-hmm. So. For me, I think overall the movie, I I I still enjoy it. I still like it. And I do. I agree with you about the. Uh, non-conversational dialogue the characters have it's very quippy very one-liney very snappy kind of dialogue and i can see that as a bad thing but i guess that doesn't bother me enough and i guess i just kind of see that as bond movies somewhat anyway i accept it but i i can see i can agree with you on that i still like pierce brosnan in this on the whole I still think I still like his delivery. I still think he looks good as Bond. Maybe the again the script could have been a little different. I still think he's pretty solid about it. One thing I I will say about the script and and characterization that I didn't uh, I didn't care for was uh so in Goldeneye in looking at it in succession of movies if you'd seen Goldeneye then to tomorrow M takes no shit from bond going so far as to what is what does she say a sexist misogynist dinosaur and a relic of a cold of the cold war and your boyish charms are are spent on that a agent that i sent to evaluate you like she's just giving him shit for the way he is and in this movie while i like her in scenes because dane judy dench is is dope of course, she has the one moment in the in the car with him where she's like, you know, you, you should try and rekindle your relationship with her and then pump her for information if you need to. <sighs> and I'm kind of like, look, look, I'm I'm cool with quips. I, I don't care. That That's not the <laughs> gro- I don't groan at that. I don't fuck it. It's a Bond movie. They quip. But it does. I do dislike it when that's not what that character how they set this character up to be and 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 if if i'm being honest that's why i was sighing okay because it was her like yeah bond quips whatever like that character does not and she should not that's dame judy dench don't give her garbage fucking quips i i was about to say i'm okay with her quipping but they don't need to be garbage they don't need to be that i don't think and at the very – I still stand by – at the very least, fine, you give her these kind of ridiculous quips to make. Then make it be within character. Yeah. Make it be at least in a, the realm of the character where it's – because, again, the last time we saw her, she's not taking his bullshit, and now she's enabling his bullshit. Yes. That's so, a really, really good way to put it. <laughs> don't don't do that. <laughs> um. 
I kind of didn't like, and, and I get maybe this is a nothing, more of a nothing thing. I don't like how Wei Lin, I think, is the character's name mm-hmm. for the actress. She when when uh Carver tells her that Bond is dead, and she reacts violently towards him. Maybe it's just an interpretation. I took that as that she likes him. Right, she's upset, she's mad that he's gone. Whereas I'm kind of thinking like what what do you mean? You hadn't slept with the dude, you've been pretty non-committal to the dude, which is fine. I don't, I don't care. Mm-hmm. They don't need to get together. I get it's a Bond movie. I don't care. They haven't really shown they've shown some chemistry as characters with each other, but not in a romantic sort of way exactly to me. Uh and then, but then she has that moment, and then by the end of the movie, they're banging. And I get it's a Bond movie, but st- I'm still kind of really like just <laughs> you had to like this feels like you had to meet a quota more than you wrote it to be this way. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm looking too much into it. I don't know. It probably, that, probably. That's kind of how I how I felt about it. Well, I felt like there was one of oh. I do want to talk about the opening. I like the opening of this movie. Remind me on exactly what that was. So they have MI6 looking on. You you just see on monitors and screens and such. They're watching uh, all these arms dealers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bond sneaks in, gets into the plane. Yeah, I got – yeah, I remember it now. Yeah. I really like this opening. Yeah, that that was a good opening. I think it's kind of fun. It's cool. It's it has some neat things going on. Like how's he going to get out of this one kind of thing to it to me. I mean, you know, he's gonna, but I want to see how he does it. And I think it was kind of cool. They're they're using code names too. I you know maybe that's a dumb little thing to care to think was oh that's neat. But like, oh look, this is a spy movie. This is a spy movie. He's being a spy. <laughs> look at the spy. <laughs> And and then he shoots the guy, and then you know at the very end when he gets away with the plane, he shoots the guy into the plane above him. I, I just really like the opening of this movie. I, I think it's a lot of fun, and it's it's just entertaining. I can I can, I can get down with that. Um, trying to think if there's really anything else to this movie. I, I wish I could think of the the series of other events like this but once again it's two foreign two agencies from different countries have to get together to stop a guy who's trying to make two countries fight each other there's probably some sort of good uh fun poking to be made at that like hey this is probably the 19th time this plot has been used in movies (laughs) (laughs) like my who is that American character that has shown up twice now? What what's that guy's name? Oh geez, I can't think of his name. I know you're talking about the the CIA guy. Yeah, the one who who is was in mm-hmm. in, a, in a in a Hawaiian shirt. <clears throat> yeah, Joe Don Baker. Joe, yeah. So I, I still like him. Uh, he, I, I'm starting to sense a pattern here. Okay. Whenever you, whenever they they uh, portray American law enforcement or American like white dudes in charge, they're always like 
big big mouth yokels. <laughs> okay, I can, I you know, can kind of see that. Who yeah, they're are loudmouths? Yeah, they're loudmouths. They're 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 loyal, but they're also kind of obnoxious. I don't get me wrong. I'm not saying no to what you're pitching here. What I'm also suggesting it could be at least in conjunction is they're supposed to be kind of a contrast to Bond, where he's the quiet, soft, not soft spoken, but stoic esque uh, character. Suave. Yeah, yeah. Whereas they're supposed to be, you know, they're not schlubs. They're not total idiots. I mean, Sheriff J.W. Pepper, of course, is an exception, maybe. Yeah, but. Baker and Felix Leiter in the other movies, they're a little more talkative. They're a little more whatever maybe than he is. And, and maybe the older movies did it different, but these newer ones, I feel like he could be just a contrast. At least the Joe Don Baker characters could just be contrasts to what Bond is supposed to be. Yeah, you, you, maybe. You, maybe, maybe. But maybe. They, they, they're very clearly painting Americans to be a certain way. They could and, be. And yeah. I don't hate it because we kind of are that way. But mm-hmm. it's I'm starting to notice a pattern. Right. I, and I could see a pattern. And I don't know that we're that way because you can definitely see some of these other FBI, CIA, you know, government agent based movies where the characters aren't loud bouts. They're not like the the um I can't think of the character's name, but John Baker's John Don Baker's character. They're not exactly like that, right? They're the the again, another stoic kind of character in some of these movies, or they're just the sharpshooter, or maybe there's a hothead or whatever, but you know, they're not all loud mouth idiots. <laughs> so I don't know. I give you that maybe there's a pattern. At the end of the day, I'm saying yes. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe yeah. there's a pattern. Fine. <laughs> uh, a couple of interesting things. One, one which was such a waste when I found out what it was. Fun fact that the movie title, I believe, was originally supposed to be. Hopefully, I get this correct. Was supposed to be "Tomorrow Never Lies," as opposed to "Tomorrow Never Dies." Uh huh. And it's supposed to, of course, have been a, the whole tomorrow is the name of the paper. So it's supposed to have been a reference, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But if I'm not mistaken, because of a typo, it became tomorrow never dies. That's fantastic. I hope that's true. <laughs> I'll have to look it up again and try and find it and, and send it to you because I didn't find the original source of, of it. I just somebody had mentioned it. And I and I kind of took them at, that they did their due diligence, and it sounded interesting. Uh, the real interesting thing, if you didn't know this, I certainly didn't. One character that was kind of wasted once you know this. So uh, I believe Gunter, whatever the uh, the 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 tech guy, right, that had the uh, GPS tracker decoder thing. Uh huh. The heavy set fellow. Yeah. Do you know who that is? I do not. I don't know his name, but that guy is a card throwing person. Like he's a, like a gambit. Yes, like a gambit. Like he can throw. I don't know what the actual name of those people are. 
but he can take he can throw cards and stick them right he can like just throw them like a knife oh that's cool and just you know he does a lot of tricks and all kinds of stuff i mean he's he's it's really interesting to see that he can do that and they don't use it at all <laughs> we're talking about a franchise who has a midget it two midgets in it one who has a bowler hat with a razor blade along the edge with another guy who's a giant with a metallic jaw mouth named Jaws, a super strong black woman named Mayday, like thematic ass, thematic cliche henchman. And you actually have a real life <laughs> card thrower who really knows how to do shit like that. Uh-huh. And you don't use him for that. If this was a Roger Moore movie, he would have done that. He would have, probably. One hundred percent. What the fuck are you talking about? It would have I, happened. <laughs> I mean, I think it would too. I'm just saying, of all the things, some of the things I've heard about, you know, actors or actresses in these movies and what they did other than acting, or or if acting wasn't their lead thing, maybe they had some other job and they got brought in for it. Mm-hmm. That was so cool, and it sucks he gets wasted. Like, they could have just removed him and gotten rid of – I'm sorry. They could have removed the blonde-haired guy Uh that was Bond's muscle henchman. They could have just had the fat dude fucking throw knives at people. I don't – or cards. I don't care. You know, and and you're right. You're right. So he serves two purposes. Maybe maybe he was just trying to try his hand as an actor, you know, because inevitably every single time you cast – beyonce in a movie they find a way to make her sing right that's that's just what they do it's like oh we got beyonce we'll write a fucking song i mean why not well because i i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to watch that i want to watch a movie yeah don't don't get me wrong i don't mean to say that beyonce has to write a song or have a song in every movie she does but i mean damn if you we 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 have her let's make her sing it's like no fuck you i mean look I'm going to put Will Ferrell in this movie. Guess what I want that motherfucker to do? Be fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played. Okay. I got, okay. I, I, I don't have a, a, a comeback to that. So good job. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I do. I do get it. I do kind of get it. Your Beyonce reference is good. I don't think you have to. Have, I would be interested to know. To what you say here, here would be my realistic counter. Not trying to gotcha. Does she do that? Hypothetical. Like, what? Which one is it? Is it the directors? Whoever? Are they the ones telling her, "Hey, we have this great part. We we would love you to do. Oh, and it has singing." Or is it her? Because it is a promotional thing for her to do. It could it's, be. It's probably the director. Okay. Probably. All right. All right. Uh, well, th- <clears throat> anything else? Um, you mentioned the blonde guy, and uh, my previous statements stand on that. You, 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 you have the blonde guy. That way, idiots in the crowd can be like, "Oh, that's the bad guy." Yeah, like that. I mean, that's kind of true. Like, fine, he's yeah. just the obvious fucking henchman. Like, let's have another foreign blonde-haired guy try and kill Bond because we didn't see that in From Russia with Love. We saw yeah. how well that went for us. 
yeah. So I think that I think that's it when it comes to just regular shit. We can we can jump into our uh, our other categories now. Yeah, well, let's jump on to. Uh, oh, I want to say if I didn't say it already. Overall, I I liked the movie. It's not the best, but it for whatever reason this movie holds a little place in my heart. Just just as like I, you know, I remember Tomorrow Never Dies. That's cool. That's cool, dude. It's like Gremlins <laughs> too. I don't know. I remember Gremlins <laughs> 2. <laughs> Which one of those was the better one? Is Gremlins oh, 2 the more remembered one? Or shit. Gremlins, Gremlins 2 is a nightmare. That movie is fucking terrible. Gremlins okay. 1 is wonderful. <laughs> Gremlins yeah. 2, they take over a fucking mall. Yes. Yeah. And it's no longer a creepy horror movie. It's legit a children's fucking comedy. It's fucking weird, man. Yeah. I, I don't right. suggest watching Gremlins 2. If if only for nothing else than posterity or something, yeah. And then yeah. don't do it again until you forget it again. <laughs> uh, all right, next section then, and I and I want to lead this one a smidge just to give you somewhere to start and you go where you want mm-hmm. is music. So here's a pitch for you. Okay. I think the end song. I think it was surrender. Yep. I don't remember who sang it. Katie Lang. Okay, I think that song should have been the intro song. Uh, I can I can get behind that, and I like the way she sings it. I I just like the the kind of feel of that song. It's a little more bumping. I I don't know. It's just more <laughs> off the heels of that intro too. Mm-hmm. You know, because you it's this kind of I'll, I'm maybe this using this incorrectly. Uh, like, like I believe the word "badass" to you can get used. Uh, that that scene is high octane. What's going on? Or it's high thrills, mm-hmm. high excitement in that opener, and then you have this really drop. The beat just drops into the Cheryl Crow song, where it's very. Why is it? We just got off. Him explode. He just shot a dude into another plane, and that plane exploded. And there's all there's another plane exploded just before that. Why are we? Why is this totally different now? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe. But go go ahead. That that's my pitch. Okay, okay, okay. So so what you don't know is that Katie Lang's song was supposed to be the theme. It was supposed to be. <gasps> yeah. No. Yeah. Damn you, oh. Cheryl Crow. Uh, well, no, no, like Cheryl, I like Cheryl Crow. And, I don't dislike that song for the record. I, I don't dislike Cheryl Crow's song. The song is fine. The song yeah. is not amazing, but it, like, it yeah, works. it's fun. Yeah, it's loungy. It doesn't sound like a Cheryl Crow song, which is fucking stupid. Like, if you're gonna hire Cheryl Crow, yeah, make, her, make her. a song that sounds like her. Yeah, uh, right. Because I had to look it up. I was like, who the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Um. Well, that sounds like a My Chemical Romance song to me. Oh, what? No. That what? What was that one sing? Like that is <laughs> okay. not that does not sound like My Chemical Romance. Okay. To me. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just a very loungy song. It, it does fit into into like the 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 007 canon of how songs should sound. Sure, it, and yeah, I want to make that clear. It's not a bad song to me either. I I actually like the song. <gasps> it's just very understated. Yeah, I I think it I think it is too loungy. 
Not that again, like you said, you can't you can have Bond songs that are loungy, but yeah, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling this one being loungy, and I and I do kind of think it's off the heels of that intro, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. It it it, it doesn't really fit after that that bombastic opening scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a song, it's perfectly fine. Right, sure, and and it is. It is a perfectly fine song. Do yeah. you think the surrender song was better? Yes. I I would agree. No. And I can't think of another offhand. I don't think we've said this before for another Bond movie, so I don't want to unintentionally catch myself breaking continuity. I don't think I've said that, but I don't I don't think I can think of another movie where that was the case. Offhand. Um, where I'm like, man, I wish that end song was the intro to the movie. <laughs> Whether it be Bond or something or anything, right? Like whatever whatever song whatever movie might tent pole a song for them and then you have the end credits one and like man the end oh okay i did kind of say it for the for the man with the golden gun i kind of like the <laughs> the the end no no you, no you no. like the song better he just wouldn't fit because at the end of the man of the golden gun he she's just like he she's talking did about that bond. thing <laughs> yeah but yeah she's clearly referencing bond in the end yeah. song so but yeah, no, never mind. I take that back. I'm sorry. But uh, is, yeah. is, have you heard? Can you think of another movie where it's Bond or otherwise where it's been no, like that no. for you? No, no. Well, because most movies don't have songs up front. That is kind of fair. I, I guess maybe maybe I'm thinking of I'm overthinking it, like thinking of something but not stating the criteria I need to state. <laughs> like like Disney movies, right? Something like that that have yeah. musical numbers. Anyway. Uh, as as for the as for the uh, the score, like it, it was quite lazy. You think so? Yeah, the, the, like where we, in previous movies we've seen the 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 or we've heard the whatever it's called the the, the artist that does the score really has fun with fitting it to the movie itself. Mm-hmm. This one was standard fucking James Bond fare. Yeah, I don't feel like they did that ever in this movie, did they? Yeah. They, did they, they ever they, have they, a moment where they kind of re rehash the Tomorrow Never Dies? Not really, not really. Mm. Um, they they did use like the surrender licks here and there, but mm-hmm. ultimately it's still burner burner. Like it's they don't even try to <laughs> add techno music to it or anything. Like it's 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 just the James Bond music. Hmm. That sounds fair, then. Yeah. All right. What's well, next? Next is trope pays. Tropes. Okay. The tropes were alive and well in this film. Excuse me. <clears throat> they they definitely were the quips, if anything, like you like you talked about earlier. That yeah. most of the dialogue of this movie is quip driven. Quip driven, yeah, I like it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and that that trope was on display. Yeah, uh, he. How many? Let's see. He he is betting a lady in the first it, it, when we first see him. Yeah, at the he, the a little Danish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he he's he's also he also ends up betting the uh, the Asian lady at the mm-hmm. end. Beds Paris. No, well, does he? Yes, he pretty, does. Pretty sure they do. Yeah, yeah. So, so he, so Pierce has 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 quite a time there. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a good time. 
he's hitting the, he just needed a redhead and he might have completed the uh the ensemble <laughs> of preferences the grand slam of things uh, yeah got the blonde got the dark haired got the asian woman just need the redhead just need the ginger yeah um trying to think they they had your not your the role of you your q moment you know yep. that, that the q branch shows you shit mm-hmm. and i still i'm sorry even in this one and they're getting i think as he got older they kind of walked him back there or they're walking him back to some degree yeah yeah um i still think it's adorable <laughs> I still just love him. I, I I love that actor being the character, the character still being in this goddamn franchise up to this point. Because this <laughs> is like movie 19 or some shit. I, I don't know the exact one that it is. But it's just one. I, I just, I'm sorry. I just love every little scene, all those little scenes with him. I, uh, there was also like a secondary Q, Q branch kind of scene without Q in it where, the uh the i can't remember the asian girl's name at all um but michelle yo's characters oh, yeah yeah like, yeah reveals Wei her yeah Waylin's like base yes. of operations just pops out of the wall uh-huh. and just visual gag after visual gag after visual gag as bond learns of all the special shit that happens in this this room yeah and the in the chinese the chinese texts and gadgets i swear so when he hits that uh, dragon, I assume it was dragon statue, uh-huh. and he smacks it and it flamethrowers, and he reacts to that, I swear I'd put money on it. That's a natural reaction from him, <laughs> and he didn't know it was going to happen. <laughs> it's it's very possible, but it's like, such a good reaction on his part. Th- that scene specifically felt a v- very much like a like a, a golden eye scene. And when I say a golden eye scene, one that looks like it's from a Mel Brooks movie. Mm-hmm. Just okay. Just a little bit too jokey, a little bit too comic reliefy for it to, mm. to to be in a movie that we're supposed to take seriously. Right, and 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 I can I, I can kind of see that, or I I can see that, and that I guess it just doesn't bother me because I just take these cue scenes, and I've said it. You know, times before, and I'm sure I'll keep saying it as it keeps coming up. They're meant to be moments of levity, and yeah. and that that's just what they are to me. And and I could now I will say maybe this one had one too many. It had its QC. Why does it need another one? That's of some that's of some humor, you know, or and especially a lengthy one, not just a joke or something to take the take our breath away for a minute and let us chill out. Mm-hmm. They do like a Mel Brooks thing, like you said. So may, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I will say, fun fun fact, fun trivia thing, that is kind of a gripe, most negligible gripe conceivable, though. Bond looks at that keyboard, right? The uh, the keyboard with all the Chinese characters on it. Uh-huh. And acts like, and says he doesn't know. He, he'll let her do it. Right? So uh-huh. you would assume Bond doesn't know Chinese. Fair right. assumption. Now, if you actually go back in the movies, and I, don't get me wrong, I understand you can kind of probably argue this some. Go back in the movies, though, to Sean Connery's I Think You Only Live Twice. You Only Live Twice as being the title, not I Think You Only Live I Twice. Think you, 
<laughs> and you only live twice. He gets asked, like, Money Penny throws him a Chinese book because he's going to China or, or where, whichever movie it is. And he's th- and he says, you know, no thanks, I don't need it. Throws it back to her. I actually learned, you know, I can speak Chinese just fine from my time in Cambridge. Blah blah blah. So yeah. he clearly expresses he can speak Chinese and knows it. So Bond should be able to use that keyboard. Uh, there's oh, there's a lot of moving parts there that I don't even want to talk about. <laughs> right, there, enough time could have passed where he just forgets it because he doesn't one, use it. One like. There's knowing a language and being able to read and type a language are two different things. Uh, also, if we're is if typing un- different than reading it, is it? Yeah, like, well, I'm actually asking. Well, no, like if you understand, like I I understand a lot of Spanish. You tell me to write any of it, or you give me a special Spanish keyboard with like enyes on it. I'm not gonna know what the fuck to do with that. I can't play mm. Spanish Scrabble. <laughs> you know, so th- those are two different <clears throat> skill sets. Also, Can, if we're okay, if we're operating under the assumption that Sean Connery's James Bond is dead and he has been replaced, then mm. the slate is clean. That is kind of fair. Like maybe you could make an argument for that him not knowing. Let, let's just say the first thing you said. Let's know that. Let's just assume I'm right. For the moment, okay. <laughs> this, this could this could give credence to the idea that uh, Bo- James Bond and or 007 is a passed on name or moniker, right? Yeah. This is a new Bond who doesn't know Chinese. Yeah, you could that could be an argument for it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're so welcome. so it's, it's it's less a plot hole and just more evidence that. They either don't know what the fuck they're doing or they know exactly what their fuck they're doing. Yeah. Oh, and for what it's worth, I would never call it a plot hole myself. I would say it, at worst it's like some little minor continuity error that the character should know it because he do it in previous movies. But, dude, you're talking about a franchise, the Royal You. You're talking about a franchise. <laughs> let's just assume this is the 19th movie. I'm sticking with it. I should just look it up, though. This is the 19th movie. Like, I'm not going to behold the character to every single interaction he's ever done and just say, oh, well, you know, he spoke German for three seconds in that in in Octopussy. So he should be able to have a conversation with this person right now. No, you fucking do that, (laughs) especially some little passing thing. Right. Like he comments that he knows Chinese. Yeah. It's not like a major plot point. He's not sp- speaking Chinese to everybody the whole movie. He's he didn't go immediately star in Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. <laughs> you know, then maybe I would hold him to it. But okay. yeah, it, it it's just it's definitely not a real thing to me. It's just a it's just a funny little thing to bring up. Like, hey, remember this? Yeah. Well, um if, if if we're still talking about tropes, the most infuriating trope is is very much alive and well, and that is the bad guy getting the good guys into a room, explaining his plan and not killing them. Oh man, like we just need to arguably stop talking about that to some extent. We well until like, we don't have to go into details. Like like we don't have to go into details on it, but we do like we're kind of honor bound to point out that it happened. 
That that's fair, yeah. I mean he he once again has the good guys in his room in his clutches. These people who could stop who whether he thinks they will or won't, they could stop him. But no, nah, I'm not gonna kill them. Just nah. shoot him just shoot him in the head and move on. Like shoot that's the him move. Dead. Yeah. <sighs> Whatever. It it definitely is one of those things. Uh, I guess the last trope is license to kill. And I'm just going to be 100% honest here. After that opening scene and he was just murdering people left and right, <laughs> I stopped counting. I was like, fuck this. I'll just look it up when we record. <laughs> what? All right. Well, what's your what do you think it was? Uh, like, where'd you kind of get to or what do you think it is? I'm going to say 20. 20. Okay. 20. Okay. Um, do do you think the brunt of it comes from that opening scene? I I think the brunt of it comes from us not knowing who he shot and killed and who died and didn't die and situations that may or may not not have actually killed anybody. Like, it's tough, man. I I'm I, I'm just glad I'm not the person who determines who's dead and who's not. <laughs> All right. Well, what what is the actual number? The actual number is thirty. Hmm. Actual you're, number is thirty. Yeah, you were a lot closer then. Yeah. Man, fuck that's a lot of fun. Yeah, he's just fucking murdering dudes. <laughs> huh. Okay. Well, just murdering dudes. Th- there's that. What's next, Reed? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got one more section, the tried and true rankings, right? That's the last Ranking. one, isn't it? Yep, that's, that's it. That's it. All right, well. It's, it's it's arguably the whole reason we're doing this. <laughs> it, it kind of is. So, well, let's, uh, I, I guess, do you want to start this one then? And where where do you maybe put this one? Okay, let's let's. I'm gonna go through the list real quick. Uh, okay. Starting going from one to eight. Number one, uh, the man with the golden gun. Then Golden Eye, Casino Royale, The Living Daylights, Live and Let Die, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, Doctor No, and From Russia with Love. Hmm. If I'm just gonna place it in there based on my pure opinion at this moment, mm-hmm. I would say it's probably better. Than live and let die, but not as good as the living daylights. Hmm. I'm I'm all ears though. I don't think I can make a good enough argument for tomorrow never dies versus the living daylights. I'm just surprised that you say that. Like I don't remember us liking the living daylights that. Maybe we like Timothy Dalton a lot or something. I think I I, and, you know, you might be onto something there. And if and if and if actually if if the if the short. If the short journey here is move it above the living daylights, I can absolutely live with that. The action sequences in this movie are good enough to justify it, I believe. I, I think that would be my my POV would be. Put it above the living daylights, and and I could go with that. 
it's definitely better than Live and Let Die. Yeah. It's definitely above those, from Live and Let Die Down. It's not better than Casino Royale. Okay. Right, so, okay. so it's not so, better so, than the next ones. So so it's not like we're far away here. It's not like you're – put it at the top, and I'm like, put it at the bottom. We're, right, yeah. Okay, so, so the real argument here is – We're a number different is, at best. Yeah, the, arg- the argument here is the Living Daylights. I'm comfortable putting it above that. Okay. And I, I, I think you, you know, that you're saying about the action scenes, I would agree with that. I think the action scenes are much better in this movie, more compelling, funner, more entertaining, whatever have you. And I think, uh, I'm trying to think, you, you know, here's kind of a tit for tat. I think so. Wei Lin, his his Asian agent counterpart. Mm-hmm. is a much better companion to Bond than the blonde-haired celloist in The Living <laughs> Daylights. Probably. She's just a she's just kind of following him, kind of damsel in distressy. Even though she's supposed to be a, a sniper or something in, or at least she has some training, whatever it was, I can't even remember now. She, Wei Lin is a better foil or better i'm sorry not foil she's a better companion with bond i think elliot carver is a better villain the plot once again being a little more convoluted than it needed to be it is better in this movie the plot whether it's not whether you like it or not it's a straightforward (laughs) simple plot it is it is okay okay yeah i You've 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 convinced me. Uh, the, 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 I think the very last thing I just want to say about this movie overall is maybe maybe this is just me projecting, but I feel like there was less Bond in this movie than in all of the others. Like they dedicated oh. more, they, they dedicated more screen time to the bad guy and Waylon. You know, that might be an interesting thing to look up. We'll have to add to – maybe we can add that as a section in the future. Maybe. Like James Bond's screen time. Let me see, if let me see. we see that to be a thing. I don't know who – if people just keep up with that all the time, but that's definitely a thing I see people keep up with. Like you can find screen time breakdowns. For the Avengers movies, for example. Right, right. This, on the other hand, maybe somebody doesn't because it's only so many characters sharing the screen. Whereas Avengers is literally 20 people. <laughs> Who And they all are supposed to kind of matter. And, and then you have all the idiots around there who are like... Look at this. Look at all these male characters getting the screen time. What about the women? And they use that as an argument point. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just felt like this this is a Daniel Craig, not Daniel Craig. This is a Pierce Brosnan movie that mm-hmm. had a lot of characters that stole the focus from him. I, and I can I can kind of see that. That'd be an interesting it's an interesting yeah. thing. Didn't I didn't really think much of it. Yeah. Uh, but maybe, yeah. So, all right. Well, that's all I got. That's all I have. All right. So for tomorrow never dies. All right. So our current rankings are 
The Man with the Golden Gun at number one. Classic. Classic. Casino Royale. Tomorrow Never Dies. Number four. The Living Daylights. Live and Let Die. On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Dr. No. And Bottom of the Barrel is from Russia with Love. That's a solid list. Um, Solid, solid list. So solid. I'll be interested to see if anything beats in terms of bottom uh, from, from Russia, Russia with, with Love. Love. <laughs> I cannot wait to get to one movie that if it's not below from Russia with Love, I I we might shut this shit down. Oh, wow. OK. All right. All right. <laughs> you, you've picked your hill. <laughs> oh, I've definitely picked my hill for as far as the worst one. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, I'm actually interested in you seeing that movie, if for no other reason than its intro song. Because I think you're either going to like it a good bit, or you're going to hate it. Oh. We'll get there. We'll get there. We will. We will. Well, thanks so much for once again, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, people of all ages for joining us once again for debriefing and cocktails. Please tip your waitresses on the way out. Take care of yourselves during this here COVIDs. And in the meantime, in case you're looking for things to do other than watch James Bond movies along with us, if you're looking for things to listen to, you should listen to Shellheads, which co-master Lugo Lugo Words are hard, excuse me. Hmm. Co-master Lugo is a part of. And there's probably something about discussing some topic that Clarence Brown is a part of that you could listen to. Mm-hmm. Who, as always, thank you very much to Clarence Brown for everything he does. And thank you, Sergio Lugo, for everything you do for this podcast and any podcast you do anything for that I don't know about. Oh, and a happy birthday, Reed. Oh, cool. Thanks, man. Now, it's this, totally this, it's still technically your birthday for the next four minutes. So it it is. Now all right. Well you've dated this episode even more. So thanks for that. <laughs> but thank you very much. And everybody have a good night and have a great weekend or week. I don't know when he posts these, sorry. So have a good day. <laughs> Bye guys. <laughs> Debriefing and cocktail. You are listening to Keep the Hip, Do Not, and Break Up Rock. Yeah, I'm the real full debriefing, and hopefully we'll have.